0: We're in a four-week series called Living a Life of Discipleship, and we desire as a church family to be disciples who make disciples. And as a disciple, we follow Jesus and join Him and His mission to make other disciples. Brian did a marvelous job last week sharing with us how a lifestyle of worship is an overflowing characteristic of a disciple of Jesus. We are created for worship and called to worship the one true God. And today we'll look at another characteristic of a disciple of Christ. We'll look at God's Word and see how disciples of Jesus are committed to community. They fight for community. So if you could pray with me. God, we're grateful for a chance to gather Thankful for this church family. God, would you be honored and, and praised in this time? Would you speak through me? Help us to hear your word, to understand your word, and then to apply your word. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, it might be a rough one. <laughs> um, I want to start off with just an illustration. Um, my dad raised me on a charcoal Weber grill, right? Uh, he taught me how to barbecue chicken on a charcoal Weber grill. Anybody that like charcoal Weber grills? They like that? That's the way to go? Anyway, um, right outside I have a charcoal Weber grill. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm going to go light that. And I do this with our students. My students know exactly where I'm going with this. I do this about every other year. And it's, I do this every time I teach on community. Today we're going to be talking about community. So I'm going to go light that grill. And I'll come back, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. But in the meantime, I want you to talk amongst each other, please. If you could, talk about where you find community. And I'm not just talking about the, the church here, not just Melanie Park Church, but where else. Just in general, amongst yourselves, talk about where do you find community. And we'll, we'll hit that back. Ready? Go. All right, God is good all the time. All All right, let's see what's going to happen. I just lit the grill. I just took this off. Is there Michael Park in the house, just in case? He's a firefighter. We're just going to set this aside. Let's see what happens. It's like a little experiment. That should be all right, I hope. Let's just see what happens with that. All right. I've done this a few times, so... Last time I asked this guy to teach. I got a few slides just to kind of have some fun with this, too. I have a few slides about just different places people find community. Do you know there's an extreme ironing community? They go to these extreme places to take pictures... Of themselves ironing. That's talent. I got to tell you, I don't know how he did that. That is talent. Next slide. This one, I think, won a prize. He's wedged himself between two rocks. Listen, I want to go there. That place looks awesome. He's ironing. Ready? Also, there's a Viking community. You could be part of a Viking community. That's pretty cool. I want to be a part of that one. Right? There's the beard club, the mustache club. I like this. next. That is something else. Wow. I want to see someone try that. There's actually, let's pause here for a second. This is a, a concrete canoe club. How does that happen? This is a concrete canoe. Um, and next slide, please. But look at where they are Wisconsin, Madison. If you don't know, I'm from Wisconsin. And so they're crazy people in Wisconsin. There's a competitive eating community, right? Where they just shove as much food in them as they can under a time limit. And then this last one's kind of funny. There's actually a Nicolas Cage Appreciation Club. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he needs appreciation, right? I appreciate him. I think he's a good actor. So, <laughs> Anyway, we can find community in just all kinds of different places, right? Um, I want to define community for us. According to Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, um, a community is defined as a unified body of individuals, a unified body of individuals. All right, community can be people with common interests, common characteristics, common beliefs, or just live in a common area. And surprisingly, the word community is difficult to find in the Bible. We see many, many examples of community in the Scriptures, but the word community is not really found. So, But I want to ask you this. When you think of community... Where would you go in your scriptures to talk about it, to teach on it? Where would you go? Acts, right? That's exactly where I went. My mind went to Acts, the early church, and Acts chapter 2 specifically. And so that's where we're going to be. You can turn to Acts chapter 2, verse, starting in verse 42. And here's what it says. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of the bread, and to prayers. And they devoted themselves to these four areas. Uh, if, you're, if you're ever wondering what do we do in our youth group, small groups, this is kind of our, our go-to verse, Acts 2.42, for our small groups in the youth ministry. When I, have leaders with our adult, when I have meetings with our adult leaders, this is the verse I take them to. The, the early church, they were devoted to these four areas. I said, this is a great guideline. This is a great example for us. Let's be devoted to these things in our small groups. What were they devoted to? The apostles' teachings, right? The teachings of Christ. We are devoted to the Word of God. They were devoted to the breaking of Bread. And this could be a couple things. Uh, Most likely it's communion, right? Remembering Christ as he has uh, commanded us to remember, do this in remembrance of me. So it's it's most likely communion. But often it was probably followed up with a meal, right? And so in our small groups, we don't have communion. We we leave that for here um, on Sunday mornings. But we have a meal. We share in a meal together. They are devoted to prayers. They were dependent on God. And so in our small groups, that's something we, try, we strive for as well. We pray together towards the end. We pray to start everything off right. And then towards the end, um, oftentimes, at least in our high school guys group, we'll split the gentlemen up in twos and let them share prayer requesting and go to the Lord dependent on prayer. And finally, to fellowship. And that's the one we're going to focus on. Everyone say fellowship. So what is fellowship? How would you explain fellowship to someone? With the person next to you, I do this a lot with our students as well, with the person next to you, just take a minute or two minutes and just try to explain fellowship. Ready? Ready? Go. All right, God is good all the time. The Greek word for fellowship is actually koinonia. Say koinonia. Koinonia. That's a cool word, right? (laughs) Koinonia. Um, It means close mutual association. It's the idea of communion, the idea of sharing. It's the idea of participation and contribution. We're going to continue reading in Acts 2, starting in verse 42 again. We're just going to look at how it fleshed itself out, just even in this chapter, in this, in this passage. Let's see how Koinonia fleshed itself out in the early church. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. A sharing. There's that contribution, a sharing. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. There it is again, koinonia, sharing. They, and day by day, attending the temple, temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So here we see the idea of sharing, of a mutual um, togetherness. They're committed to one another. Um, that, actually, one... One way you can look at koinonia is actually in giving to meet others' needs. It's actually used uh, in the scriptures that way. Koinonia can be giving your financially to help meet other people's needs. Koinonia, that sharing, we see that in this passage for sure. So uh, I know for me, fellowship was just a kind of an abstract concept for me to wrap my mind around. So I hope It's becoming a little more clear to you. hope you start understanding fellowship a little more. So, clear as mud. (laughs) One thing that helped me think of Koinonia, this idea of fellowship, uh, was to understand fellowship and think of it like a loving family unit. In a loving family unit, you're closely connected and very committed to one another. Paul, writing to the Galatian church, said this. This is Galatians. You don't have to turn there. Galatians 6.10. He says, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. The idea of family. And actually, some translations um, translate that family of faith. Family of faith. Let's do good, especially to the family of faith. So I think it is helpful for us to see fellowship like a loving family. We can wrap our mind around that. We can understand that. We call this our church family. That's how I, that's how I we greet each other, right? When when I know the pastors up here, so hello, church family. You are family to us. So now that we've defined fellowship, let's go back and let's look at how fellowship's even possible. How do we even, what is the foundation of our fellowship? You can turn to 1 John 1.3. So 1 John. First 1 John 1:3 1, says this: "That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. and indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son Jesus Christ." So what is it that John has seen and heard, that he's now proclaiming? What is it? It's Jesus right he's proclaiming Jesus to his audience but why it tells us here so that we also may have fellowship koinonia with him john is sharing christ in this in this passage so that we might join him in koinonia in fellowship that we might join him in his family See, since John has fellowship with the father and the son, he's inviting us into that fellowship. That's why he's writing this, into that family unit. We'll continue on. 1 John 1, we're going to jump down to verse 5. All right, verse 5 through 7, we're going to read. So he continues on. This is the message we have heard from him. John proclaims that God is light. Say, God is light. And it says, if we walk in his light, we have fellowship with one another because of our fellowship with God. So only when we are rightly related to God can we experience true, authentic Christian fellowship with one another. And the only way to be rightly related to God is through Christ. Believing that he paid the penalty for your sin, dying on the cross, dying in your place on the cross and rising from the grave, conquering sin and death. It's only when we believe this gospel and take it by faith that we are made right with God. Brian mentioned that. For it is by grace that we are saved through faith. So just as light and darkness have no fellowship, say no fellowship. Neither can we have fellowship with God without believing the gospel. And neither can we have fellowship with one another without first having fellowship with God. So according to John, Jesus is the only way we can enjoy authentic Christian fellowship with one another, Jesus. He's the foundation of our fellowship. I want to do an illustration to kind of demonstrate this a little bit. Um, it, it takes a little bit of participation. All you got to do is say your name, right? Can you do that? We'll do it out loud. But on, when I say go, if you could just share your name just out loud. Ready? Go. Okay, a lot of noise. <laughs> no distinction. No fellowship, no koinonia, right? All right, all right, let's try it again. When I say go, everyone say a community that they're involved in that's not Melanie Park Church, right? Everyone just talk, just out loud, just think of a community. It might be uh, Friendship Tigers, right? That'd be my, some of my students. Cornel Mustangs, that'd be, be some of my students. It might be a gym that you're part of, CrossFit, right? There's some CrossFitters. They're big on community. Just an accountant. When I say go, just say The community. Ready? Go. (laughs) No distinction. I didn't hear blah, right? (laughs) Noise, right? There's no fellowship. There's no koinonia. All right, last one and then we'll get to the point. Um, When I say go, or two more. When I say go, everyone say the town or city where you were born. Ready? Go. I might have heard Lubbock. That's probably pretty dominant here, right? So, all right, finally, when I say go, say Jesus. All right, one, all right, ready? Go. Jesus. Nice and clear, right? He is the foundation of our fellowship. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, right? He's the foundation. Um, I got to experience some koinonia with uh, a man That was on the other side of the planet. My wife and I were blessed in 2007 to take a mission trip, short-term mission trip, um, with our church back in Wisconsin um, to Sri Lanka. Anybody know where Sri Lanka is? It's that little island, not really a little island. It's a pretty big island off the coast of India. Um, It's kind of that teardrop shape. And we had some missionaries from our church who went and opened up an orphanage, in Sri Lanka, central Sri Lanka, in a town called Nawalapitya. Pretty cool name. Um, Anyway, my wife and I got to go, and our goal was to build a playground for the orphanage. So we got to do that, got to take part of a construction project. We got to encourage the missionaries there. Uh, Wonderful people, love Jesus, and committed to his mission. And then we also got to um, run a basketball camp. That was a really neat opportunity to run a basketball camp for these there's an international school, so we got to run a basketball camp. They were learning English, and that was a wonderful time. Anyway, part of, we had four different teams, actually, that came to this one mission. We had the U- U.S. team. We had some folks from the, the, from the Netherlands, right? We also had some folks from Trinidad. And then our Sri Lankan team, right? We were all together, serving God together, enjoying Koinonia. Well, I met a man on the Sri Lankan team. His name was Wiki. Say Wiki, That's a cool name, right? Wiki. Anyway, he and I, we enjoyed Koinonia. He was a brother on the other side of the planet who I've never met. We don't speak the same language. Completely different cultural background. Very different, right? And yet, we had Christ in common. He was the foundation. I enjoyed Koinonia with him. Just a few examples. He helped us on the basketball court, and I was trying to teach the international students how to shoot a basketball. Right, I use the phrase, hand in the cookie jar. For them in Sri Lanka, what's that mean to them? In Sri Lanka, hand in the cookie jar. Right? It's your follow-through, so you get that. I don't know basketball that well, but <laughs> it's your hand in the cookie jar. Wiki came up with this idea just to help them culturally in that context. He said, how about cobra? Oh, that works great, cobra, <laughs> yes. So now it's not hand in the cookie jar for your follow-through in a basketball shot. It's Cobra. Right, Wiki and I shared that kind of koinonia. It was beautiful. Um, In Sri Lanka, they actually have leeches on the land, land leeches in Sri Lanka. It's very tropical, very jungle in Sri Lanka. And just like we had walked through some water that might have leeches in it, you walk through a patch of grass, you're most likely going to have a leech on you. Our whole team got leeches at some point. Um, One time I got a leech on me and my brother, Wiki, who we shared koinonia with, he gestured to me, Bruce, come here. Kind of like, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. He came and grabbed the medical kit, grabbed my foot, put it up in his lap, and cleansed that little wound, bandaged me up. We shared koinonia, fellowship, love for one another, in that moment, as a brother on the other side of the planet, we had Christ in common. He was actually studying to be a pastor. Pretty neat. Coin in here. So we've looked at community, we've defined fellowship. We know Jesus is the foundation of our fellowship with God and with one another. And we know now we should be devoted to fellowship. But what does that look like? I was actually asking the Lord about this recently, and I felt like he spoke to my heart. I asked God, what is fellowship? And he kind of spoke to my heart and said, fellowship is where you practice the one another's. I'm like, that makes sense. That makes sense. We're gonna go to John thirteen, thirty-four through thirty-five if you'd like to go there. We're gonna talk about loving one another. John thirteen. John thirteen, thirty-four. Here's what it says. This is Jesus speaking. A new command I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people would know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus says we are to love one another just as he has loved us. This is what makes authentic Christian faith so attractive. It's a faith based on love. A faith based on love. God's love poured out on the cross of Christ. And him welcoming us into a vital life-giving relationship, fellowship with him, and also fellowship with one another. And now we're commanded to love one another as he has loved us. And it says, for by this all people, I like that, all people, everyone say all people. All All people will know, Jesus says that you are my disciples. So how well... This is challenging to me. How well do you love one another? I will personally have always lots of room to grow in this area. I know it. If to love y'all, God, yes. to love y'all as Jesus has loved me, I will always have room to grow. Always. Here's why, because I get in the way. I get in the way. My selfish desires get in the way. My self-centeredness get in the way. My pride gets in the way. I will always have room to grow. To love y'all like Christ, I will have room to grow. Love is the umbrella of the one another's, right? So let's look at how love can manifest itself uh, to the in, in the one anothers have you ever done a study on the one anothers? The scriptures are full of this term, this phrase one another do a do a study on that sometime the one anothers man that'll challenge us right to to be Christ to one another here it is um, and I, we can 't go through all these um, i don 't have all the scripture references here, but i i uh They're there, trust me, okay? You can do this study yourself. But it says this be kind to one another, forgiving one another, live in harmony with one another, serve one another, encourage one another, build one another up. Walk in humility toward one another. Show hospitality to one another. Welcome one another. And stir up one another to love and good deeds. That's how love fleshes itself out in this community in the church, right, in, in Koinonia. So church family, we live in a culture where everything is fighting for our time. We have an overabundance of communities and clubs and activities. All, all these meetings fighting for our time. I have a great privilege to work with our high school and middle school students. And I think these students are some of the busiest people on our planet, Between school and extracurriculars and work and homework and friends, who has time for koinonia? Sometimes I wonder, what if our students were as committed to our church family as they were to their sports teams? I just wonder this question in my heart. What if our students were as committed to our church family as they were to their sports teams, to their, to their band or their extracurriculars. Like me, I, was, I remember being a wrestler in college, and I was, I was struggling through bronchitis, right? and I showed up for my wrestling uh, practice as a wrestler. I was committed to that team. I was giving it my all. Please hear me on this, though. Uh, many of our students are. I can name student after student after student, who they are committed to community, committed to this church family. And also, I want to say this, too. These extracurriculars are a great place to be a welcomer, right? To welcome people into a life-giving relationship with Jesus, with God through Jesus Christ, that fellowship, to welcome them into fellowship. But I wrestle with this question, and I want to invite you to wrestle with this question, too, yourself. Are you as committed to this church family as you are to your extracurriculars? Which community has priority in your life? I'm pretty sure the early church didn't have all the activities and communities and events that we have in our, in our culture today But they did have activities. They did have gatherings, fighting for their time. Yet the early church, they were devoted to fellowship, devoted to their family. They were devoted. So church family, where are you today in your devotion to one another? Maybe you're here for the first time. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. It was the people of God in this church that, that really influenced Bruce and Stephanie to move here from Wisconsin, the people in this church seeing Jesus in these people and y'all. It influenced us to make that move <laughs> from the north to the south, right? Right? Southern food is so much better. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So much better. But if you're here for the first time or just kind of visiting and and looking for a church home, keep coming back. Get to know these people. They have a way of bringing you in, right? They have a way of just bringing you in and loving you and welcoming you so well. I see Jesus here, it's beautiful. I want to encourage you to keep coming. We hope you'd make this your church home. If you've been coming for a while and you're still not a part of a home group or a community group, that's one of, I think, of our foundations of our ministry at Melanie Park Church is our home groups. These are smaller groups. They're devoted to God's Word, right? To prayer, to food. Who doesn't want to be devoted to food, right? Right? A, lot of, a lot of our home groups have a meal together, um, but also devoted to fellowship. I want to encourage you to really consider joining a home group. It's hard to meet everyone's koinonia here, right? But in that smaller group setting, beautiful koinonia happens, that fellowship but maybe you've been walking, if that's true, if you're looking for a home group, uh, Brian's the guy. Talk to Brian. Uh, he can get you plugged into a home group. I want to encourage you and challenge you with that. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while, though, and you're, and you're devoted to this church family. Pray and consider even leading a home group. We need leaders to step up and lead home groups. You get to be that welcomer, right, to welcome one another, to show hospitality to one another, to lead others into deeper fellowship with God and with each other. Consider that. Or maybe you have compassion for those who do not have fellowship with God. Would you consider consider how you might welcome those who are far from Christ? How might you welcome those who are far from Christ? John was doing it in 1 John. Invite them to come read the Bible with you. We all have these relationships at our work and in our schools. Wow. These are incredible opportunities to reach out with the love of Christ, to welcome them into fellowship, a fellowship with God and with one another, right? Maybe you start a discovery Bible study. This, this is an incredible tool to welcome those who are not maybe regular Bible readers. Just have them hear and, and sit under the word of God to understand what it means to have fellowship with God through Christ. And I'd love to help you with that. I'd love to help you with that. Come see me if that's of interest to you. But church family, I want to end with this story. Um, And it's just a a story of how I just saw this church rally together in community around three young men. There were three young men from Taiwan who came to Lubbock, Texas, all the way from Taiwan. And our church just rallied around these men. It was beautiful. I can't wait to share the story with you. I don't... Uh, I'll be missing some details because I only have, you know, a piece of this story. But I know there's many in here who had pieces of this story committed together, rallying around these three young men from Taiwan. They came here on an internship uh, to Texas Tech. I believe they're athletic trainers. They're studying to be athletic trainers. They were here on an internship. And um, they, um, they came under uh, Yin Yin and Yo, Yin Yin and Yo came and just took these young men under their wing. And um, I was at the corn maze. I'll just share my side of the story. I don't know all the details here. I was at the corn maze um, the day our church family enjoyed some corn at the corn maze. And I got to meet these three young men. I was actually really just incredibly blessed to see how many of our international friends were at the corn maze. I was really blessed just to see our welcoming body, welcoming so generously. I love to see our church and how we're growing in faithfulness and welcoming. Be encouraged, church. This is, an encur- this is a welcoming body. But um, I got to meet these young men, and um, they shared with me their, their uh, American names. Um, we have Theo, James, and Nick, these three young men. And just started talking with them and getting to know them a little bit. Later on, I learned they came to, um, I believe it's the Brackets Home Group, and got to participate in some games at the Brackets Home Group. And then Larry and Larry, Bra- Larry Bracket, Larry Farley, took them up to the top of Texas, Guadalupe Mountain. They hiked Guadalupe Mountain together. And just hoping to welcome these guys in to fellowship with God and fellowship with them. Right? Uh, What a beautiful, beautiful thing to welcome these uh, international students. I just see our church rallying around these men, these young men. Uh, Later after that, they came and were actually sat in the pews right over here. Uh, Yin Yin or Yo invited, uh, probably Yin Yin probably invited them to come. And I saw them enter in and I thought, oh, I know those guys. So right after service, I just kind of made a beam line line for them and just started talking with them. I asked them, you know, what do you like about American culture? And um, they said uh, they like the one guy, James, he said, I like games. I like the games y'all do. And I think they played Taboo at the Brackets House. (laughs) Imagine playing Taboo with uh, the Taiwanese students. I heard they had a riot, (laughs) all right, with that. That was sweet. Rallying around these young men, how beautiful, to welcome them into Koinonia, right? That they could see the love of Jesus on display by, uh, by your love for one another. They will know you're my disciples, right? I just asked them, what, what you know, after I, after I asked them, what do you like about American culture? They said games. I said, have you ever played American football? Nope. <laughs> They've never played American football. All right, so um, I rallied our troops in the student ministry, and the high school guys and I and our leaders, we invited them to come play flag football with us. We played flag fo- football during our small group, during our Koinonia time. We invited them into fellowship with us. And what's sweet is we played a place of football. Here's some pictures. Some... <laughs> Yin Yin and Yo also came to play. They because they're just doing mercy. Look at that guy, he's handsome. <laughs> Yin Yin and Yo, they're roommates. They got to learn football and play football. And I gotta tell you, they had a riot. They had so much fun um, with us and just enjoyed that fellowship time, that hanging out and playing. Afterward, we came, we invited them to come. And we had this, we had to set up. We wanted to. See them come into fellowship with God. And so we lined up Stan Scarborough and Banner Scarborough to do the ministry part of this. We enjoyed a meal together. We had pizza, right? That's a good American thing to do. (laughs) But we, um, Stan, um, Banner, we call it the Scarborough specialty. It was kind of funny. (laughs) Anyway, Banner so beautifully shared his testimony. Banner Scarborough, one of our high school boys. Banner says, yes. Anytime there's opportunity, Banner says, I'm in. <laughs> I love that. I'm in. Put me in coach. Banner shared his testimony. And then Stan so beautifully laid out the gospel to these young men. One of the best gospel presentations I've ever seen. Made it so clear. And Stan just said, come, follow Jesus. Follow Jesus with us. We welcome you. Jesus is knocking on your door, he said. He used that scripture in Revelation. <clears throat> How awesome, right? Well, anyway, um, we keep inviting them. We have a great time. I, I got to drive them home talk a little bit. I found out James was actually a Christian. James, one of the uh, Taiwanese students, he's a Christian. He actually serves as a middle school group, small, lead, small group leader in Taiwan in his church. So, like, awesome. So, we got to connect and enjoy and Ian together. We got to talk. We even prayed together. He was concerned about something. I got to pray with my brother in, from Taiwan. Anyway, I asked him, hey, have you ever played dodgeball before? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we threw dodgeballs at each other then. They came, uh, two weeks later, they came, they're out of town the next Sunday, but two weeks later, they came and we played dodgeball together. And it's a different version of dodgeball than, they played a version of dodgeball, but it was a lot different than theirs. And, um, we had two more people lined up. Just to, we, ate, we ate a meal together. We had two more people lined up just to share with them. James, I asked James, the Taiwanese Christian, to share his story. I wanted these men from Taiwan to hear from James, their fellow Taiwanese, to hear the gospel lived out in that guy's life. And then someone shared a gospel after that. And then next week, uh, I know sometimes in the Eastern culture, they can be, sometimes be driven by success and, and some of these things, and I can be too, for sure. And so I got to share my story with them of, of how I was striving and looking for life in these different areas, looking for life in success and bodybuilding and sports, right? I was looking for life in these things, and I got to share my story with them. And we got to share the gospel again. And then Alex, um, they wanted to play football again, so we played some more football with them. The next Sunday, and they were loving it. They were, they were throwing touchdowns and catching touchdowns. They were catching on fast. And we just got to see um, then Jake Hodge and Alex got to share the gospel with these boys. These boys, man, they heard the gospel about six times. <laughs> We love them, and we're welcoming them into a a life-giving relationship with God, koinonia with God, and koinonia with each other. So pray for them. Pray for Nick and Theo and James. It was sweet. Uh, Towards the end of all that, um, Nick said to me, Bruce, I'll never forget you. (laughs) It was pretty sweet. It was just Christ on display, loving these young men. Koinonia. Do I dare pick this up? Actually, why is this hot? This is crazy, students. It's hot. (laughs) Usually when I do this outside, (laughs) this coal, I can pick up with my bare hands and I just toss it around. It's hot this time. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously though, like you've seen it. Raise your hand if you've seen me do this. All right, good. I, I got witnesses. <laughs> I, but students and, um, and adults. <laughs> usually, I can pick up this coal, and it's cold as cold can be, and I toss it around and say, "Look at this." But I take them out to the to the uh, grill. I do this in the back. Um, where the playground is. There's that big grill. I do this back there. And those coals are raging hot. They're together in community, enjoying koinonia. They're raging hot. And yet, when, when we isolate ourselves from koinonia, from fellowship, we can, I think, grow cold. That's not how we're meant to live, right? True, authentic koinonia is we're committed to community, fighting for community. I don't know about you, but I want to keep my coal in that fire. Let's be a body that keeps our coal in the fire and welcomes others into that, into that koinonia. Fellowship with God, fellowship with each other. Let's pray. God, we are grateful for this opportunity and so thankful, God, for the koinonia that you have blessed us with. It's all because of you, Jesus, and, your, and God, your great love for us that we can enjoy Koinonia. What a blessing. We celebrate you for the fellowship we have with you, God, through Christ. And God, let us be committed to one another, fighting for community, fighting for Koinonia. Let that be our priority community. And God, let us love one another well and practice these one another's. And God, let us also be a people who are so in love with you, God, compelled by the love of Christ that we welcome others into koinonia with you, God, by sharing Christ and sharing that gospel, loving them well. And God, may the world know that we are your disciples by by our love for one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You guys can have a good day.